Welcome to a special edition of the Guest X Podcast. I'm your co-host, Matthew Loney. I'm here with my co-host, Brian Hamaui, who's got a face for podcasting. Just not, a face for podcasting. Just, just the face for, but not the uh, not these live versions, these taped, recorded versions we're doing. But we are doing a special two days down in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, at the Focus Right Summit, talking to some of the leading startups and some of the large companies in the hospitality industry and seeing and hearing from them what's coming in guest experience. Brian, we talk a lot on this podcast about guest experience, but something that doesn't get discussed as often as it should, especially in vacation rentals, is guest amenities. That's right, Matt. Offering basic guest amenities like soap and laundry pods in every property is key to providing a great guest experience. The problem is, it's a huge pain for property managers to pull that off. From purchasing and storing everything to getting all those boxes kitted up for each home. No wonder we hear so often for property managers that turn days suck. That's why we're excited to be partnering with Sojo, who is on an absolute mission to make turn days suck less by automating your guest amenities. Sojo guest amenity boxes are uniquely created for each of your homes filled with luxury amenities, beautifully packaged up room by room, plus extras like paper goods and trash bags. They'll connect to your reservation calendar and ship those boxes to you right in time for every turn day. No more storing or kidding. Sojo takes care of you step by step. And Sojo is offering 30 days of free guest amenities to GuestX listeners. Claim your free amenities and learn more at GetSojo.com forward slash GuestX. That's GetSojo, S-O-J-O dot com forward slash guest and the letter X. Go and claim your free guest amenities today. So we've got today with us Daniel Cruz, who... For some of our listeners, probably got a chance to see him present at Verma International this year in San Antonio, and it was a large crowd there, so it was a good year to be presenting. But Daniel started a company called Wash B&B out of Milwaukee. Is that is that where it all started? And for those of the listeners who haven't heard of Wash B&B, Daniel, why don't you give us a little, a little idea of, of what the company's doing and kind of some of the problems and headaches you're trying to solve. Yeah, thank you for that intro. Yeah. So I started as an Airbnb host, I think like a lot of people in this space, just got involved with some properties, looking for a way to make some extra money. And I found a lot of success. In fact, I found so much success that I was homeless. I literally rented out my <laughs> house for an entire summer without knowing it. I returned back from travel. I was working in Mexico at the time, returned back and I had nowhere to live. And I said, whoa, this is an interesting space. This might be the thing. And so over the winter, I put three more properties together. I launched them all at the same time. And then after my first busy weekend, I was like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> I have 500 pounds of laundry and linens and no practical way to get that done. And I've got guests coming in the next couple of days. So I'm scrambling trying to figure out how I'm gonna get all this laundry done. It just was a total mess. And it took me two to three years of dealing with that mess as a host, working with other hosts, creating a property management company, like doing a little bit of everything and just realizing that this problem was holding me back and holding a lot of my friends back from creating a bigger businesses. The first time I walked into an industrial laundry facility was about three years ago. And I saw what they could do at scale and how fast they could do it and the quality of the finished product. And that like lit a light bulb in me. I said, okay, I want this. How do I get this for my properties? 
and I got laughed out of the room. I had, you know, 500 pounds a week and they said, we need 10,000 pounds a week to get started. You're buying this, you know, this junk on Amazon that's microfiber, our machines destroy it, it's not good for the environment. And I had all these problems that prevented me from doing what a hotel would do. And it just took me three years basically to figure, to put all these pieces together and say, why is this not a thing? Why is this still a problem? We're running into 10 years of Airbnb's, you know, pretty dramatic run and acceleration in this space for vacation rentals. And when Milwaukee was elected to host the Democratic National Convention, which is a big moment for short-term rental operators. And so everybody was, you know, flooding into the city for this gold rush. Day Alfred was coming in. And I met, the city asked me to meet with a lot of these companies and, and sort of as the Airbnb ambassador for the city, you know, make sure that they were up to good. And I also realized at that moment that none of these companies had any idea of how to run operations in a building that was not meant to be a hotel. And I went back to the, the laundry company and said, hey, I think I found a source to get us enough volume. They laughed me out, kicked me out again, told me no. And so we just started building it. I quit my job at the end of 2019 and just started building Wash B&B and saying, I think if I can get people linens and laundry service, they can always be ready. They'll have a better guest experience. I wanted to recreate the Western Heavenly Bed for places that don't have the expertise, the know-how, or the ability hmm. to provide that level of guest experience, that level of quality, sustainability, trust and cleanliness, all of that. I wanted to solve all those things with one service, and that's how we started building Watch Me Me in that time. I call you a brave man. Yeah, yeah. It is It is probably one of the largest pain points for a property manager, probably any type of hospitality, you know, lodging industry. It's just, it's a very, very difficult thing to manage, especially when you're talking about quality, because the expectation is when you get into a house, you have a clean bed, good set of linens to sleep in, and if it's not clean, you're gonna just have a horrendous stay. And it's something that's very familiar to me as well. So over the, the course of the first 10 years, when we were doing property management, my cleaners were consistently doing all the washing inside of the homes. Operationally, it was an absolute nightmare because they were spending so much time in the house just doing washing. So turning units wasn't the clean, it was the washing. Yeah. And it was never perfect. So you'd end up with these crinkled messes inside <laughs> of the homes and the, the guests would arrive and they'd say, well, this isn't really clean and, and it doesn't look right. And you're like, well, this is the best that I can do specifically because we didn't have services like you guys. I guess, what do the logistics look like? Because you have a turnover, all of these linens come out, towels, so you've got probably 80, 90 pounds of towels that come out and then you've got the linen service on top of it. How do you do the transfer of linens to you guys and then drop off all of the new stuff? That's a great question and it's something we get asked a lot of. And we're trying to find different solutions for different types of property types. So vacation rentals that are large homes have a different set of needs versus a short-term rental operator like Front Desk who's got you know, 30, 40 units inside of one you know, multi-family building. Basically, my background is in beer distribution and marketing and sales. And I thought that this was an opportunity to create unlimited access to a good for a fee and then provide all the service when it was most convenient for us and the customer. So I'm not trying to pair checkout time with my driver meeting the housekeepers and exchanging linens at this magical moment. That's almost impossible to do. It's hard enough to get cleaners to a site you know, between the hours of 11 and 3 p.m. You know, much less now we're talking about a second service, it sounded like a recipe for disaster. So what we try to do is 
we build these automated linen closets is what we call them. And the goal is really that we can set up a closet on-site, off-site, anywhere where the housekeepers or the host has access to it at all times. The guest does not, that's important. Where they can just simply access and grab the linens they need for their day, go make their beds, bring back all the dirties, and once a week or every day if we need to, we'll service that closet and maintain it to par level. Convenience store works exactly the same way. The beer distributor owns all the beer on that shelf until they sell it to the distributor. Salesperson walks in once a week, says, oh, you've got one six pack of Coors Light left. You need 10 cases here. Next day, the driver shows up, restocks that shelf with those 10 cases. Washington V operates exactly the same way. We fill the par levels. We arrange service times when it's convenient for the host or the property and also for us. And so it's not point to point on demand distribution. We're very much a more route based sales network. And, and who's measuring the, so the machines right now, these claw, the linen clauses, they don't measure their own par levels. So it's kind of go, going in and taking inventory, but eventually that could be something else where the machines could you know, notify that they need to be filled and yeah. even get more efficient. No, that's, we that's already like put, a vending machine. Yeah, yeah like, like a vending, vending machine. machine. We already exact. put RFID tags in all of our linens. Yeah. So we're creating that data lake for ourselves to measure and benchmark like where our linens get lost and damaged frequently. If our laundry partner is doing a good job of the manufacturer, we're a sustainable first company. So when we expect to get 120 washes from our sheets before they break down and we get to you know, recycle them or do something else with them, like we want to actually prove that. And so now we're creating data that will be able to prove that. And we can go back to our suppliers and say, you're not performing as expected. Or we can go to a partner, a property and say, hey, based on all this data we have, like your guests are destroying linens at like 30% higher rate. We don't want to charge you for that. We just wanted you to get better at it. Let's walk, you know, let's create more signage for your guests. Let's train your housekeeping team. You know, what can we do to like collaborate and bring your your team and your guest experience up to a level that, that we think is amazing for our guests and then results in less damage, less waste, more profitable and efficient for everybody. Yeah. So how, how does the economics work? How do you guys charge? Is it on a per stay basis, a per wash? Give, give our listeners a little understanding of that. Yeah. We like to say that we're a hospitality company for hospitality companies. I'm a big firm believer in, in the principles of hospitality and, and delivering hospitality in every like transaction you do. And so we don't charge by the pound or by the piece. We charge by either the stay is one pricing scheme or per occupied night, which is more typical for hotels. And that price is all inclusive. It's meant to include loss, damage, all the delivery and pickup. And it's basically just meant to represent we have a certain amount of cost to get the laundry done and to do all the pickup and delivery and then enough margin in it for us to make it an attractive business and to pay our people well and to keep providing that excellent level of hospitality and service so does is it is it just on the cost alone i guess and i guess i guess there's a lot of things that go into that i was trying you know, is it something where they may be spending a little bit more, but eliminating a headache or a view, or, you know, do you need to reach a certain size in a market before your economics maybe allow you to get the price where it's a wash? It, how's that? And you, I know you're early, you know, a couple years old now in the company, but how's that looking when you guys do the math? I think it looks pretty strong. I think, you know, what most hosts are paying price per pound at a laundromat owning their own linens, paying for the damage and replacement cycles. I think we're really comparable, just apples to apples with that. Wow. We're typically, if you have a one bedroom apartment, we're somewhere between 15 and $20. 
okay. per turn yep. for all the linens in the house, including kitchen towels, cleaning rags, you know, bath towels for guests, all the sheets. Everything's 100% cotton, so it's super luxurious. In every single instance of companies that we pitched, we're actually bringing better linens that they have. So we're upgrading guest experience, we're upgrading quality, we're upgrading for sustainability. And I think, you know, when we work with the larger organizations, there is some discussion around pricing. This is expensive than what we do. But there's also not a great knowledge in this industry right now around how much it costs to do this. There's yeah. a lot of hidden costs. We love, you guys love the guest experience. I also love guest experience, but also employee experience. What does the employee experience look like on the ground level where your hospitality manager is running? We had one, he was running a, he had a BMW 3 Series. He's running about a thousand pounds of laundry four days a week back and forth to a laundromat in his BMW 3 Series. I mean, now are we more expensive than your hospitality manager doing that? Yes. Is that what your hospitality manager would be doing? No. You quit. You know, you lost them. You lost or, the guy that works Or, or even if they don't quit, it, it, you free, you know, things you like free this, up free them up to do what's valuable, you know, what you're paying him to do. Well, and it's all of your staff. Your cleaning staff can spend time doing the things that they need to be doing, which is cleaning, yeah. not laundry. Yes. And so there's a there's an enormous cost to that because if they can now clean two apartments instead of one because you've freed up their space, your resources are now well allocated. And the cost of doing the linen program is actually fairly cheap in comparison with yeah. the, the alternative. And you actually know what that cost is. Right. If you're just buying you stuff on Amazon or Costco and you're trying to make that run once a month and you're doing laundry, you have all these costs spread out all throughout your structure and organization. How do you know you're pricing your cleaning fee right? How do you know that you're pricing your night correctly? I show up and I say, hey, we will give you one fixed price for every guest that comes and stays. You can then set your pricing for cleaning and for linen service appropriately or per nightly rate of however you're, you're accounting for that cost. And then you have real clarity around your cost structure, what it takes for you to deliver that room every night or every stay. How, does, uh, how do damages work with you guys? Say you've got you know, linens that are stained. Is that covered or is there an additional fee in there? Yeah, we really want to start this company in the most collaborative way possible, supporting hosts where they are. One thing we hear consistently, and we've read all the laundry contracts that are out there for, for companies that do rental or companies that you know do laundry, and they're hosted, hospitality managers are tired of being taken advantage by laundry companies. They're, the contracts are predatory. They're usually three years long to start. They're hard to get out of. And then you get like, I've seen the pictures of them because our hosts send them to us. You get like a handwritten addendum to your invoice that says like, okay, based on this and this and this, you owe us like another 60% of your monthly bill. It's just not a great way. It's not a hospitable way of doing business. And so we want to provide something that we know the data, we can account for all the costs for it, and we give you the best, fairest price we possibly can. And there are no surprises, no gimmicks. Like I said, if, if there's damage, it's re if it's repetitive, We'll have customer success people work with the customer to help them be more successful. Imagine that, instead of just charging them and hitting them over the head over and over and over. So if somebody's looking, a property manager's looking at you guys to come and service their area, what's the minimum number of units that you guys are gonna to consider to go into that market? Right now we're looking at, well, to enter a market, we need about 150 units total to enter that market. We break even at about 275 to 300 doors. And so just to stem the bleed, we also need to work with these big light laundry partners. We need a minimum of 100 doors to get access to that facility. Yeah. 
So that's another part of the deal. But then right now, so we're optimizing for customers that have 10 or more locations in a single geography. Now that could be spread out within a couple of miles, a bunch of homes or multifamily property or a boutique hotel. We're getting ready to turn on a boutique hotel in Chicago with 216 rooms. So we can, we can scale down and up. Right now we're scaling up. Eventually we can't wait to add small independent hosts as once we have operational capacity. Yeah, it really is. It, the dirtiest part of the business, right? But so you're not here here competing. So what is your kind of goal here at the at the Focus Right Summit? Are, are you looking for funding? Are you just trying to get the name out there more? I mean, what what was the purpose and the thought behind attending? The Focus Right people really took care of us at VRMA. They invited us to pitch. It was an amazing moment for us. We've had really strong demand from customers since then. So we wanted to come support them a little bit, see what they're all about. That's great. We didn't have time to put together a pitch, so we decided, let's just come hang out. This is our first ever travel conference for me. So yeah, making connections. We're preparing to raise some seed capital here in the next few weeks. So if there's some last second investor introductions, that'll be great. But also meeting a lot of investors because the travel industry does not have a lot of investors for how massive of a market is. It's a scary space for investors. Yep. You see, you have pandemic SARS, you have weather uh, events, weather events, I mean, terrorism events. I mean, things yep. change quickly in travel. So we want to learn more from the investors that have experience in the space, the things to watch out for, as opposed to just the, the more traditional tech or venture investors that we've been talking with to the state. We also crowdfunded. We just closed our, our crowdfunding I saw campaign. that. Congratulations. It was like 250, yeah, 70,000. About, about 210,000, I think. 210,000. Yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. great. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's just, a great video. Thank you. We just put it up there. We didn't spend any money. We didn't buy ads. We decided we think this is a problem worthy of solving. We'll talk about it on Clubhouse. We'll you know promote it on LinkedIn or something occasionally. But... People found us in about 110 hosts, I think, minimum. I think there were about 310 investors, a whole, like 100 people invested in the last two days, which is crazy. Wow. Um, but I know there was at least 110 investors who were actual Airbnb hosts who wrote comments in the campaign about, they were excited for this. They were excited to come, for us to come to their cities. They knew it was a problem we're solving for. And I call that like our, like when you have a really shitty day, which you have a lot of in startups. I kind of finish my day, I go read some of their comments, and I get fired up to go do it again the next day. Yeah, that's awesome. That is great. So, last question. We've asked this to a couple people, especially of the, the newer startups. If, if you were an investor, and I, and I had to come up with one reason why you would not invest in you and asked another way what keeps you up at night we've all got it right every company's got what are the problems you think you need to be working to to fix in your strategy over the next 12 18 24 months is this scalability what what is it you know that's a really good question i think given the way the labor market is right now the way that labor employer relations have been going for the past 30 plus years in this country we're building a company that depends on people. We're solving a job that you can't automate. They were far away. The day a robot makes a bed for somebody and changes the sheet, like it sounds like it's so close, but we're like, I don't know, is that ever gonna happen in my I lifetime? I, I think cars will drive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. dexterity and the things, you know, the complications of doing this type of work is really complicated. So we're gonna need people. It's challenging to build a business that depends on people in this day and age. Investors don't like it. So I think culture is so important. Taking care of people, meeting them where they are, making sure that they're safe, secure, happy, teaching them principles of hospitality that 
that they're able to deliver good hospitality people and they like it, they love it. I work with so many cleaners around the, the industry. I've owned a small cleaning company before and the best cleaners are the cleaners that just love cleaning. They, they're, they're proud of their work and what they do. And for some reason, at some point in time, we decided that those people weren't very valuable, that cleaning wasn't a very cool thing to do. There's a whole bunch of other jobs that are way more prestigious. I think it's time that we started putting some prestige back in people that do a good job, have, you know, are passionate about it, and compensate them well and treat them well. It's fascinating because it's a, it's a different facet of the hospitality industry, and we've talked about it before, but it goes back down to the people. And building culture around a company like this is what's going to make you guys explode. There's nothing else to the cleaning side that is it, it's not a glamorous job. And it's a very, I don't know, unless you, you reward your cleaners and you're constantly telling them that they're doing a great job, it's not something that's always at people's forefront. So, yeah. It's very cool. It, yeah, and, and you brought up, you, like, you know, as someone who has raised money, it, you're also right, it is more difficult when you are, quote unquote, a tech enabled company, right? Service than, you know, a SaaS platform where you just kind of, you know, you maintain the platform and, and people come and transact business. It is, it is riskier. Um, but I also think the barrier to entries can be a lot higher in those type because it's people. And be in that, and that's difficult. Good for you. For those anybody who's interested in getting to, you know, get more information or just following you guys, what's the best way for them to reach out? We're on social, Wash BNB, pretty much everywhere. LinkedIn's a great way to get in touch with me personally. My email is Daniel at washbnb.com. Um, if you're ever looking to get a hold of a founder, just use their first name at their name of the company.com. Yeah, yeah so everybody the wants to be the first name. <laughs> so right. my email isn't totally secret. I'm terrible at responding to email, but uh, soon I'll have some help to help me like get through emails and things like that as well. I love that we use Twitter. It's a great way to connect. It's a really good tool for startups I found as well. Daniel J. Cruz is my Twitter handle. But yeah, I'm pretty uh, open and accessible. No secrets here. We raised in public already, so you can see our financials. You can see, you know, the secret sauce of Watch Me Be is all out there. So happy to connect with everybody. That's great. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. That's it for this week's episode of Guest X. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X, podcast.com. And follow us in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episodes. We are Brian Hamali and Matthew Loney signing off and reminding you to always create a guest experience worth talking about. See you soon.